Andrew Giuliani wants to be the next governor of New York. Andrew Giuliani. I shouldn't fumble your last name because that's key here, Andrew. It's not that, Andrew. On the Red Apple Podcast Network, here's Andrew Giuliani. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Not That Andrew. And I am very, very happy to have a special guest, somebody who I call truly, I think, the most dynamic elected official in New York City today, Councilwoman Vicki Palladino. Vicki, thank you so much for coming and Not That Andrew. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. This is exciting. I'm so happy to see you behind a mic. It's where you belong. I think it's great. Outside of politics, behind a mic is just as good. You know, you can relate to this, actually. Sometimes it's nice being the ring announcer rather than being in the ring because you take some arrows, right? That's for damn sure. Oh, that's for sure. No, and being behind a mic, you have a platform. That's true. You know, a platform that everybody hears. Yeah. It's not broken up into pieces that people only want to hear certain parts. You have free reign. Yeah. So good for you. Congratulations. Well, thank you very much. Well, look, I want to get right into, I think, what is one of the hottest stories, not just in New York City, but I really think around the country because there are more and more people that are looking and looking at blue states, not just New York City in particular, Mm -hmm. but really blue states around the country and saying, do I want to go to a place where I feel more confident about my child's education? I think so much of the light has been shown on this during the pandemic. But let me get directly into a quote that you said about 10 months ago that set off a firestorm then that is now also setting off another firestorm right now. So back in, I think it was May or June June. of last year, you said, quote, progressives may have no problem with child grooming and sexualization, but I do. This will not happen on my watch. Kids deserve a quality education free from political manipulation and sexual content. So can I tell you what issues I have with that? Mm-hmm. None whatsoever. That's mm-hmm. exactly what I believe. But tell me where we are right now in terms of what this tweet, and I think you're speaking truth to power, has led you. Well, it took me down a very controversial, that was one hell of a month <laughs> into July. Yeah. Because what a lot of people don't realize, I expressed my views and my views were not just my views. Mm-hmm. My views, re- you know, reflected those of the people as they often do. Mm-hmm. When I speak, I speak because that's what that's what's going on around me. And I, as an elected now, have the ability to put forward what I believe is worthwhile and what I believe is a waste of taxpayer dollars. But the nitty gritty of all of that is the fact that our kids are being affected. Yeah. And people took personal offense to that statement. Where is that hitting anybody personally? Mm -hmm. You know, the LGBTQ community, Mm -hmm. they try to nail me on all sorts of like hatred or whatever. They blew this so out of proportion. Mm -hmm. This is one elected official's opinion. And it happens to reflect, like you say, Mm -hmm. the entire country now. It's not just in New York. This is throughout the country. I just voiced my opinion. So... Others hopped on it, and that one tweet blew everything out of the water. Yeah. It was an innocent statement. Well, I've got to tell you, I've seen you on the campaign trail, and you have supporters of all different religious backgrounds, of all different sexual orientations. And so you really embody the idea of inclusivity. I think sometimes on the left, especially with the progressive caucuses, they kind of hide behind that word and take, like you said in here, sexualization to a place where it shouldn't be. Look, I've got a 15-month-old daughter. Mm -hmm. I don't want her when she's five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 years old 
she shouldn't have to deal with any type of talk about sex, whether it's heterosexual, homosexual, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. That should start in the home, mm -hmm. not in the public schools. Well, that's what I've always said. You know, this is kitchen table stuff. This is things that parents must talk about with their children, age appropriate. Mm -hmm. Everything is age appropriate. Where do babies come from? Well, simple answer for a five-year-old. Slightly more, you know. The stork. The yeah, stork is what I'm telling my daughter. Yeah, right exactly. Now. Right now, you can tell her whatever you like. It's your daughter. But I'm saying everything age appropriate. But what this has been, what they have been doing is they have been forcing down the throat. A minority of people have been forcing down the throat of our kids and our parents this genderization, if you want to call it that. Mm -hmm. And I don't like it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of parents don't like the idea that their kids, without their permission, without parental consent, are being Amazing. indoctrinated, for lack of a better word, into a gender situation. Talk to a five-year-old about a gender. What do they know yeah. about gender? Right. They know nothing. Yeah. Why go? Look, our kids are two years behind, three years behind in schooling. Mm -hmm. Basic ABCs and one, two, threes. Yeah. Now you're going to throw this into the mix too? They just came out of the COVID pandemic. We've got a mental illness crisis in this city. It's an epidemic. And now you're going to do this too? No, it's not allowed. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the mental illness crisis in this city. Mm -hmm. I got to tell you, just today, I actually landed at JFK at 1 a.m. And I hopped on the AirTran and onto the subway. And I have to tell you, it looked like a third world country coming in there. And you could see all the people with mental illness. But because you spoke this truth to power, you were just recently removed from the mental health committee of the city council. Is that not correct? That is 100% correct. Now, why did they wait 10 months, Andrew? Why? Good question. Now, I'll ask you. Yeah, good question, right? Okay. In June and early July, they tried to bring me with ethics, against mm -hmm. ethics, you know, with the ethics committee. That fell flat. Mm -hmm. Two attorneys came in for me. They called me up pro bono. One from Virginia, one from North Carolina. And they said, Vicki, anything you need, we will do whatever it takes to help you. Mm -hmm. They came up here. We went to City Hall and we sat before two young women and they took their notes and they did everything they needed to do. And it never went to ethics. This yeah. was a pre-ethics hearing. Mm -hmm. So there's never any charges brought against me for being unethical right. or whatever. And nor should there have been you because I did nothing wrong. You said something that... Hundreds of thousands of yes. New Yorkers remember, are let's 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 come out of New York and let's look at this nationwide. Mm -hmm. This we are just a minuscule, you know, little part of this. But yeah. because we live in New York City, it's been it's huge, yeah. right? It's like Chicago or anything Absolutely. else. So now, ten months later, the speaker decides that she finds me to be repugnant. <sighs> and you look, I didn't put this on the front burner. Yeah. No. She hand delivered this. You're right. She brought the light back on this subject. Yeah. I certainly did not. Yeah. And they, by unanimous vote, well, I'd like to know who unanimously voted yeah. when the chairman of the mental health committee comes to see me and she says to me, Vicki, I'm so sorry. I had no idea this happened to you. Mm -hmm. This was last Thursday. Right. And I said, well, then if you didn't know, who the hell and voted? The, and the chairman didn't know? He, the chairman of the mental health committee had no idea. She came to see me. 
So wait a second. They had no because this I think is a really important talk about Correct. thing about accountability then Correct. in terms of our elected officials. Correct. So you're saying that the chairman of the mental health committee Correct. did not know that they took a vote to remove you from the committee that this person is the chairperson for. So she says. So this was Thursday of last week right. because we had a stated. And a stated meeting is something we do as a full chamber twice a month. Okay. And it happens always on a Thursday. Mm -hmm. So she came into the MLO's office, which is the minority leader's office, where the seven of us are sitting because there's five Republicans and two, we call ourselves the Common Sense Caucus, two Democrats. And she came in and she said, Vicky, I just wanted to see you for a minute. I'm so sorry. I did not know this was happening. Happened to get along very well with her. I mean, let's remember here, too. There's a lot of Democrats in this body Mm -hmm. that exists in city council who are not in favor of Drag Queen Story Hour. Right. So they stay quiet because they're going against the majority. Right. They stay quiet. They stay quiet. They don't want, yeah, the progressives coming after them. I say always stand up for what you believe in. Doesn't matter what party affiliation you are. Just please have the guts to stand up for what you believe in. Mm -hmm. So when she came in and we had this little chat, I said, Jesus, then how the hell did this happen if you didn't even know? Mm-hmm. All right, we let it go. I went into stated. And by the way, we're opening up a new high school in College Point. Mm-hmm. So I brought that to the floor. You know, there's a lot of good things mm-hmm. that are going on here. You know, I don't didn't want to die on the mountain of Drag Queen Story right. Hour, but hey, look, you know what? It's time that somebody speaks out about it. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. That's it. You chose me. Yeah. That's it. Look, like I said, you really said what so many New Yorkers, not just in your district, but all around the city. And I can tell you, having traveled the state the last two years are thinking and also having had the opportunity to spend some time in Florida over the last bunch of years with President Trump down in the White House when he would go down. And then and then a little bit after Mm -hmm. that, I can tell you that so many people that are looking at our education system up here. And the private schools may be just as bad, if not worse, versus what they're getting in other states. It's one of the main impetuses why families are considering moving out of the state. It should scare the hell out of everybody. If we lost over 400,000 people in the last several years, and now, you know, the unmasking of our kids finally in sports, which having conversations with the powers that be in city council. Mm -hmm. These kids needed to be unmasked. We're going to lose our middle class. Does everybody get this? The backbone of this city is going to leave. They've left. Look at Lee Zeldin. Mm -hmm. He lost the governor's race by what? 300,000 votes or somewhere about that. If those 300,000 stayed in New York, we may have a different person sitting in the state house, right. right? Okay, so now you're introducing this gender indoctrination into our schools. Mm. You're making it part and parcel of our education system. Now, just to be clear, Drag Queen Story Hour is a company. Yeah, dig into that. You mentioned that on Sit and Friends. Yes. Dig into that a little bit more. Drag Queen Story Hour is a national nonprofit that is taking millions of dollars Mm -hmm across all these blue cities and states across the country. So they are raising millions of dollars to do this to our kids. Now, everybody thinks a drag queen, look, drag queens, let me make myself very clear. I have nothing against anybody who is an adult performer. Yeah. 
I don't. That's their Whether choice as an American. That's you're that's in America. Right. It's, it's your freedom of choice. You can Absolutely. be who you want to yeah. be. And guess what? I would speak out to protect that right. That is correct. And you know? you know what? Here's another thing. I have been given such respect in recent, in back in June mm-hmm. when this all was going over. I received death threats. Drag queens have come out to support mm-hmm. me. The gay community has come out to support me. I just recently received a beautiful letter from a young man, uh, probably 23, 24 years old, saying, Vicky, you are our hero. Mm -hmm. Because you know what? The LGBTQ plus community has taken this so far that even the gay community Mm -hmm. does not like what's going on. Yeah. They don't believe, he says, Vic, when I was in school, the letter states it, when I was in school, I saw a drag queen performer. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you, as a young person, I just wanted to be a kid. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And he said it, he wrapped it all up so beautiful. I saved it. I have it because he just sent it to me after this post article Mm -hmm. came out. And I think if the parents really were aware, I'd love to show a movie Mm -hmm. in Chambers to see. This is what your kids are actually seeing. It's sexualization. Yeah. Why not reading, writing, arithmetic, science? Why not? This is absolutely out of control. You know, to that point, I just saw a statistic recently that in New York City, 81% of the kids in public schools are not reading at their grade level or at their mathematical level. Correct. So to me, it seems like doubling down on those things that would actually help them in the workforce would probably be the right way to go. And you know, a lot of being coming out of the lockdown, a lot of these parents are only in their 30s and 40s as well. And they're having a terrible time trying to cope with getting their lives back on track again. You know, they either lost their jobs or now they're working from home. It's been such a mental transition for people. Mm -hmm. So to add this burden, and I do call it a burden, Mm -hmm. to these kids, whether they're 5, whether they're 9, whether they're 10, whether they're 15 or 16, look at the beatdown that just happened last night, yesterday afternoon, a bunch of teenagers grab this one kid in the subway, just beat the hell out of this kid. What They're screaming for help. We're not listening, but we're going to concentrate on drag queen story hour. Come on, give me a break. We got our police. We are losing police officers at a record pace. Yeah, we are. This is scary stuff. Mm -hmm. And you're going to concentrate on drag queen story hour? Come on. Yeah. And I want to get into that, but I have one or two more questions on this, just because it really is It cuts to the heart of the conversation that my wife and I seem to have three or four times a week. And I know so many parents that are my age are having at this point. So I think this is something that cuts across generations. Absolutely. Has Adam said anything about this? Mayor Adam said anything about this? Not yet. I don't think he will. Right. I really don't because it's so polarizing. Mm -hmm. I I tell you the truth. (laughs) Truth be told, Mm -hmm. I think Adrian Adams regrets having to ever make this public again. Right. I think she regrets, I could be dead wrong, but in case I'm not, I would say you just put a fire under people that was simmering. Yeah. Well, look, I know that you are doing your best to work with the mayor and I think Absolutely. that's percent. I, I can tell you as a private citizen, as a taxpayer, I hope the mayor speaks out about this. I want to hear what the mayor has to say specifically about mm-hmm. the public schools funding this. But can I, just to get an idea of this. Do they require prayer in public schools? In New no. York? Okay. 
do they require the Pledge of Allegiance? We don't even say the, no, we don't even say the Pledge of Allegiance before we start a stated meeting. Really? The pledge is not even said. So in school, no prayer, no Pledge of Allegiance in school or even in the city council. Correct. Yet Drag Queen Story Hour is now going to get paid for by taxpayers. Right. Well, certain parts of this area, like I said, my district in particular you know, they have to follow the DOE, but drag queens are not coming into my district. That's no God or country to me. I mean, that, right. that's, that's well, one thing I want to say. I met with Please. the chancellor. We met. The Common Sense Squawkers met with Chancellor Banks last week. Mm -hmm. We had a great conversation. But you know what the conversation circled around? Safety. Safety. Mm -hmm. It wasn't about this nonsense. Right. It wasn't about this nonsense. It was about things that matter. Mm -hmm. Kids feeling safe. Yeah. Getting back to the curriculum. Mm -hmm. You know, doing away with Common Core. Right. Bringing back kids to learning phonetically how to read. Yeah. The important stuff. Yeah. We did not even discuss this, and nor should it have been discussed. Absolutely. Okay? So here you have the chancellor, who I respect, and I like what he's doing as far as bringing things back. Mm -hmm. He's got a very good level eye on things. Deputy Mayor Phil Banks, his brother, we had a conversation also two weeks ago because there was an incident in District 19 that was rather staggering. And is this, I, is this actually the Chinese the, restaurant going into or is this something else? There's something else. Oh, okay. So, you know, I, Phil and I get along great. You know, mm -hmm. Deputy Mayor Banks and I get along great. And I have to tell you, this administration has been hands-on. If I need anything or we need anything as a city council, I know they pick up a call. They pick up a phone call. So I met with Deputy Mayor Banks and I discussed the 109 once again. Mm -hmm. It's been a it's been a soft spot for a very long time yeah. since Flushing's been growing. In 109th Precinct. Yes, the 109th about. Precinct mm -hmm. has become, in my district, unheard of. It has become, this cute little precinct has massively grown. But so has its 13-mile square radius. Okay. And our commanding officer has short-staffed, extremely short-staffed. Right. And because of that, and flushing Main Street growing in the leaps and bounds that it's been growing yep. in, they don't have enough cops. Right. So the outer suburbs of District 19 mm. cannot be handled because right. they don't have the coverage. Mm. So because of this incident, Phil met with me the very next day, mm. that same day. Less than 24 hours after the incident had happened, there were 50 more cops. I got 50 more cops to the 109th precinct. That's huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. I want to drive that home. It's more important than drag queen story hour. The progressives want to talk about drag queens. We want to talk about cops and protecting the citizens of the city. So- I assume you can't talk about whatever the incident is as a- Oh, like, I can. Oh, you can? Sure, absolutely. Would you be willing to share? Yeah, of I'd course. I'd love to hear. What happened was two young adult males were parked on 147th Street between 6th and 7th Avenues. For anybody who lives in the Whitestone area, you're familiar. It's a very broad street, very residential. Four o'clock in the afternoon, they came over the Whitestone Bridge. Their plate pinged as a stolen plate Stolen car. Okay. The 109 got the ping, but these two guys, they parked their car on 147th Street. Okay. I get the call up at my office. I happen to be there. Now, I'm all hands-on. You know. I am there. Whenever anything happens, yeah. I'm there. You are. So, in the car, I go straight down into Whitestone, and the cops have the car pinned so they can't get away. They got the two guys out of the car. 
two young men, two guns, 4.30 in the afternoon in Whitestone. Mm -hmm. And that's when I got Phil Banks on the phone yeah. that evening, that right there, that yeah. afternoon. And I was in his office. He was kind enough to give me his time immediately thereafter. And we had 50 more cops in the 109. Yep. So we need to get our cops back on yeah. the streets. We need to fill up our precincts with the amount of cops that they need. But answer me this, Andrew, how do you do that when we have the pace of retirees and the pace that we're losing our police officers? It's a great point. And that's, you know, to me, that seems like, and I'm glad that you are on it for your community and your constituents, as I know you would be, but it seems like a Band-Aid on a problem that Correct. right now is citywide that's Correct. not being solved. As, as you know, we had the biggest classes in NYPD history, I think between 2002 and 2005. Correct. Correct. So they're right at retirement age and Correct. in the state of the city in the way that they treat cops right now, mm -hmm. as you can imagine, people are doing their 20th year. And, and they're that's out. It. And they're out. They're done. And we're not filling that up with recruits. And, and even we're losing, I would say, because of the standards, because we're not actually... We're not actually doing some of the tests that we would. We might not even be getting the quality no, of we're police not. officers. Well, they we just so lowered. I had at my office several months ago, two people from one PP, they wanted to meet me. Right. So like I said, there's more to Vicky Palladino than drag queen there's a, story. There's out. a lot more, by the okay. way. And, and I just have to say, I've seen you not just on the campaign trail, but as an elected official. And one of the reasons why I say that you are the most dynamic, you are the most dynamic. But beyond that, what I admire about you every single day is when you get up, you say, what am I doing today for my constituents? Correct. Not for me, not for the special oh, yeah, interests. no, this is just all about the people. And haven't been around politics. There are very few people that are like that, Vicky. Mm -hmm. really are. Sorry, Thank go you. ahead. So what was I saying? <laughs> we were talking about the police and one police plaza. Yes, they, yeah. the two, they came to see me. Right. It was a couple of months back. And they told me, because they were part of a graduating class right. out of Madison Square Garden. Mm -hmm. Imagine that. Madison yeah. Square Garden. Remember the good old yeah. days? Where you had a graduating class yeah. of 25. 28 to 3,000. Mm -hmm. That was our graduating class. Yeah. And now we're dropping down to graduating class of 600. Oh six and goodness. change. And now they dropped the standards for the physical requirements. Yeah. Now, to our police commissioner's credit, mm -hmm. she too has stated, you cannot drop yeah. these physical requirements. Yeah. You got a cop up on the eighth floor mm -hmm. and someone else got, they, they another calls for help. They got to run up the steps. Right. Eight floors up the steps. And they cut back mm -hmm. on that mile and a half requirement yeah. that they have to be able to do a, a mile and a half in X amount. Come on, yeah. stop it already. Yeah. This is enough. Yeah. So you wonder why people are leaving. You got this. You got the safety issue. You know, we need to like really pull the reins in. Yeah. I understand the wind blows from north to south, mm -hmm. east to west in New York, depending upon what corner you're standing right. on. And you can get caught up in a wind tunnel. But it is time now to take a firm hold on what's going on in this city. Mm -hmm. And it, the issues need to be addressed. And it doesn't go according to race. And it doesn't go according to gender. It goes according to how well you're going to do your job. Yeah. So I suggest that everybody get behind. This is an election year. 51 of us are up for re-election this year, Andrew. Yes. This is only a two-year term. Right. It's normally a four-year term. Mm -hmm. So 51 of us are up for re-election. Yep. You look over your city council person real close, mm -hmm. and you find out what this city council person has done mm -hmm. for you and your constituents and where they take their message. Do they carry your message? Yeah. And if they don't, vote them out.
Well said. And I got to tell you, for anybody listening right now, you know, I know there are a lot of people that say, well, you know, what can I do? I, I have issues and I feel like, you know, maybe my voice is not being heard. In a year like this, in 2023, when you don't have a presidential or a gubernatorial, your voice by volunteering, by getting out there, carrying petition signatures, by just going out there and voting, it's going to be magnified compared to those years because generally you have a little less turnout right. in these years than other years. So, I mean, anybody listening right now, if you want to go and you want to volunteer, your voice, you may make the difference Absolutely. between having somebody who represents you, who you believe in, mm -hmm. or somebody who maybe believes in drag well, look story at Tiffany. Now. Caban. Yeah. She is abolish the police, abolish the police. Take a good look at those city council people. Yeah. And ask yourself, is that who you want representing you? Right. Is that who you want? And you know, like I said, I went into city hall and I made a lot of friends. Mm -hmm. And I don't want this false narrative being taken you know, well, Vicky's difficult to get along with. That's a bunch of baloney. No way. Anybody who knows me and they know me well in City Hall. Yeah. I greet everybody with a warm smile and a warm handshake. Mm -hmm. I go into City Hall with an open mind mm -hmm. and an open heart. Yep. And I am open always to conversation. Conversation is what builds bridges. Mm -hmm. And when we build a bridge, we solve problems. Mm -hmm. And that's what I do. Yeah. And that's what my fellow Republicans do as well. And uh, so do the Democrats. But they are scared stiff. Yeah. To be seen in a picture with me, mm -hmm. or they ask it, which is silly. And they're talking about inclu inclusivity, inclusivity and all that stuff. Yes. I mean, come on, that's yes. a little come on, baloney. let's it exactly. You know, th there was a former elected official in New York who I know, who <laughs> I guess they used to say that he was pretty hard to get along with, but actually just had a backbone. His name was Rudy. Right. So maybe actually you having a backbone. I think there are some people that don't like the fact that you just won't roll over right. and basically kind of go with the wind instead of standing up and for it's, what you it's, believe it's, Look, when you're faced in a city, our city that we love, mm -hmm. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. I love, I was born and raised here. We touched on something earlier when we were off camera. Right. And that's about my family. Yeah. If anybody wants to look up, my maiden name is Albrizio. A-L-B-R-I-Z-I-O. And I say that real proud because- if you want to look up Albrizio, you will see that my family owned a jewelry store. It was known as Say Magnifique. Okay. So don't go putting Vicky in a box. Vicky doesn't fit in a box. <laughs> you look up Say Magnifique and you find out about Say Magnifique in the jewelry store. Mm -hmm. We started up on 55th and 5th in 1947, my father and my uncle. We moved that store down to McDougal Street in the heart of the village, Cafe Wire across the street, the White Horse Tavern, not far away. Manetta's right across the street. The village was the village. And if anybody knows the village back in the 60s, I don't have to tell you anything else, right? Okay. <laughs> so my uncle and my father, my father died very young. My brother came in and, you know, for my dad, we maintained that my uncle was murdered. In really? that store in oh. 1994. In 94. Yes, you oh, can look that goodness. up. And by, Magnifique. Yeah, and say Magnifique, 120 Magnifique. McDougal. Yeah. And you will see how the people in the neighborhood tackled this guy down to the ground. He's now serving life in prison. But my point is, I'm a very colorful person. Mm -hmm. I have a very colorful background. Yeah. So don't anybody go labeling me as an anti this or an anti that. Yeah. My store, our store was known as legendary. Mm -hmm. 
When my uncle passed and my brother passed in 2014, we had moved the store from 120 McDougal up to East 9th Street. And it stayed there until my brother's death in 2014. And then we closed it shortly thereafter, maybe six or eight months after that. But Johnny Depp, we had Cindy Adams. We had Joey Adams. We had... Madonna. Yeah. We had struggling actors and actresses, yeah. homeless people. Yeah. I had no idea all the good, all the good my brother did until I delivered his eulogy. Right. And it was a thousand deep in that and out onto the street. And when I saw people that I could not even believe sitting in that church and the place we held the mass, my brother's mass, if anybody saw the Devil's Advocate yeah. with Al Pacino, that church with all the murals yeah. behind it, that was the church oh, my really? brother was buried out of. Yes. Wow. So when I gave his eulogy, I got a standing ovation for that eulogy. Yeah. And it was something, as I always do, Andrew, and you know, off the cuff. Yeah. <laughs> I don't use a script. Everything is off the cuff. But, but I it's in your heart, Vicky. That's why. I mean, I, I've yes. seen it time and time and time again, whether it's at the Whitestone Republican Club, whether it's on the street with constituents, it's at a parade, whether it's in front of City Hall, right? you you are speaking from your heart. So that's where your conviction comes from. That's right. You know? Exactly. And I try to do my best. And I, like you say, I promised my constituents and I've delivered on my promises. But the most important promise of all, mm-hmm. even though I am a minority, I am a Republican, mm-hmm. I promise them total and absolute transparency. Thank you. And that's what I do. I take the messages from City Hall, and my people always know they get the truth from Vicki, and it's open door. I told them I was going to push those doors of City Hall wide open, and finally their voices will be heard. And we've done that many times with the corrections officers, Mm -hmm. with the retirees, Mm -hmm. with, uh, oh, just so so many things. I'm incredibly proud of my last year and three months. And now I know you're talking about so many other things and we only got a few minutes left, but you want to talk a little bit about LL97, at least kind of top line in terms of what that is for for your district in particular? Yes. Local law 97 is something that's coming down the pike. It was, it's not coming down the pike. It's going to go into effect. It was passed in 2019, comes under the green emissions bill that was passed during de Blasio's um, tenure here. Mm -hmm. And another ruination and another uh, sock in the jaw for the middle class. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, condos and co-ops were known as our affordable housing. Right. So this is going, and now this local law 97 is not going to just affect condos and co-ops. It's going to affect them tremendously, mm-hmm. but it's also going to affect the average renter. Okay. Who, this is going to affect anybody who lives in 25,000 square feet and larger. Right. So this is tremendous. Yeah. Because when I, ta- it was written up in the Times and it was written up in the Post. I did a press conference on it. I met with, in 2019, I started the ball rolling. I had nothing to do with politics back then. Right. I just knew what was coming down the pike. So I contacted the president's board of co-ops and condos and Jeff Menzel, who is the lawyer, and Bob Friedrich and Walter Schreiber. And we got together and we discussed it. And now it's coming to fruition. We talked about it during 21, 22. Now we're in 23. Meetings in my office, time and again, and we decided to put something together. I now have a piece of legislation in, 
and it's number nine, intro 913, mm-hmm. to fight to delay this green emissions LL97 that's coming in to affect next year in 24, to delay every goalpost by seven years mm-hmm. so that we could put together this. They have a team, a great team that's suing so that this does not happen. Because no matter how green you get, it's never going to be green enough. Mm-hmm. But these people are going to be faced with taxes and penalties like you cannot believe. So, like I said, LL97, mm-hmm. again, a very broad spectrum to Vicky right. Palladino. Yeah. So, Well, it, sound, it sounds like it would be something that if gone into effect, it will just chase more people out of the city. Oh, my, yes. Yeah. And by uh, 2030, mm-hmm. it's going into effect 2024. But by 2030, people are going to be facing a billion dollars in fines. A year. Yeah. Now, that's year after year, mm-hmm. not just once, not just a one-time hit. It's constant. I am not the expert to talk about Mm -hmm. this, but the presidents are. And that's who I'm working very closely with. Mm -hmm. But I got for them and for the people, the middle class of this city, I have gotten legislation introduced, 913. So I will be hosting a town hall on their behalf because, I once again, Mm -hmm. I believe in bringing all the important subject matters that's to the people. That's, that's transparent. transparency that's exactly right there. Right. So one more thing I wanted to ask you about. Sure. You know, a couple of weeks ago, right in, I think it was in your district, uh, the Chinese restaurant yes. that actually was, we'll call it ra- raided. Right. I'm saying Act, but really raided. Right. Um, and uh, has, what's the latest on that? Have they caught any of the suspects no. on this? Still nothing no, yet. Nothing. No. Really? You had a gaggle of kids, mm-hmm. young people. They were definitely young people. Yeah. You know, come into the Fish Palace. Fish Palace is located at the D Point Hotel, which is on 127th Street and 20th Avenue in College Point. And it's third floor. Third floor, mm-hmm. Andrew. Yeah. So the doors open up from the elevator, and there's the big glass doors. Eight o'clock at night, people dining. They just let themselves in and ransacked, turned tables over, took them a minute. Really? And then out they went, down they went, down the elevator. And my guess is they just dispersed. And, you know, everything's done on the cell phone. Meet you here, meet you there, meet you here, meet you there. It's still under investigation. Right. Well, I appreciate you having those press conferences, shedding light on it. A mutual friend of ours, Curtis Sliwa, yes, uh, I know is it was very, very passionate about that. Yes. And I think he was one of the first to talk about it on WABC. But you know, with a minute or so left, Vicky, what else would you like to highlight? I know that's not much time. We could t- you and I could sit down and talk to for days was, about this. We could talk for days and days <laughs> I know, and days. I know, I know. So let's sum it all up in sixty seconds. Okay. What, do, what do you want to talk? Uh, about? In sixty seconds, I'd like to say that I couldn't be more honored in my position and that to serve the people, I am not a politician. I am what I call myself. I call myself an elected official. And I think people have lost track of that. You're elected by the people to serve the people. And that's what I do. I serve the people. So I get up every day, like you said, and I just look forward to it with bright eyes. And I just go out and I'm just ready ready for whatever roles. And I tell everybody, you know, in this position, let me say this, this is not the city council. So this is for any opponent who tries to come up against me or will come up against me in my district. I wish you the very best of luck (laughs) because you've been around a while 
This is not your city council of yesterday. <laughs> this is not your state senate of a decade or more ago. This is New York City 2023. You are unprepared. You cannot handle on my best day, my worst day, would not be your best day. Oh. So that, with that being said, <laughs> I look forward to a vigorous race at 23, yeah. and I look forward to my constituents and continuing to serve. The heartbeat of this city, which is the middle class. Thank well, you very much. Well, Vicki, I got to tell you, you know, as somebody who, I don't live in your district, I'm not right. technically your constituent, but I have to tell you, even a borough away, I feel like there's nobody that represents me better in this city than Vicky Palladino. Thank and I you. think there are a lot of Americans, a lot of New Yorkers all across the five boroughs that feel the same way. So thank you for standing up. Thank, thank you, you for having the courage. This was an honor and a privilege. I can't thank you enough. Well, we're going to do this again. Let's, Good. Yeah. Let's, let's see sure where we, we are in a couple of months. Exactly. Because the primaries will be over. Yep. I'll find out who my Democratic opponent is. Oh, I got a pretty good idea. Mm -hmm. And then again, who knows? It's ranked choice voting. There's three of them running. What's your website? What's your oh, website? Oh, my website is vickyfornyc.com. And it's just getting finished up, but please go there. Vicky for NYC. Vicky and where can NYC. people follow you? What's, what's and, the best? Okay, Facebook, Twitter. Yeah. Don't go to CM Paladino on Twitter. Go to my political Twitter, okay. which is Vicky for NYC. Right. And then my Facebook page, which is huge, which is Vicky Palladino. Vicky's with an I-E, everybody, mm -hmm. not with a Y right. or an I. It's V-I-C-K-I-E. Because you're an example for all of us. There I you go. There I you asked go. my mother, why didn't you name me Victoria? And she said, Vicky, they're only going to call you Vicky anyway. <laughs> Simple enough, Ma. But anyway, so that's so Vicky Palladino for NYC on Facebook. And then we have at Vicky for NYC on Twitter. Right. That's pumping. Then we have my Instagram, which I have to change it because it's Vicky for NYC 2021. I okay. guess we got to change that. <laughs> and then I guess that's it. We have CM Palladino, but that's a very calm, that's a very like tempered place to okay. be. <laughs> but uh, I would appreciate if everybody hopped on and, and, and go to my website. My website's going to be outstanding. Well, Vicki, thank you very much for taking the time out of what I know is your very busy schedule. Thank you. To join us here on Not That Andrew. And I can't wait to have you back. And, and I love uh, the name, Not That Andrew. That's so cool. We've got to make Andrews great again. I that's mean, we, it. We, Why we not? We just had Andrew Cuomo right. and Prince Andrew recently. Right. Oh, so oh, yeah. it's, you know, oh, the low bar. The low, very, that's very a very low, low, bar. low bar. Exactly. It's, it's yes, a very low, low very low bar. Well, Vicki, thank Thank you very much you for standing very up much. for us. And, Anytime. Uh, Can't wait to come back. Fight. You'll, good. Be, you'll be back. You'll be good, a regular. Good. good, good, good. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.